You're listening to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Brought to you by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us on the web at puresexradio.com. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and we have back with us our special guest, Kelly Newcomb with Brave Parenting. So welcome back, Kelly. Thank you. So before we dive in, I want to let you listeners know, as we do every now and then, that we're a listener-supported broadcast. That means the way you're hearing my voice is because we have partners that come alongside and decide to financially support us. And if you'd like to learn about all the ways that you can partner with us, just go to puresexradio.com and click on the donate link, and you can learn about all the ways that you can come alongside and partner with us. So, Kelly, we want to continue on with our broadcast this time, and I really would like to just kind of cut you loose on what it is you do in your ministry, Brave Parenting, and like, you know, how do you come alongside parents and equip them and help them to deal with all of the challenges, particularly as it relates to, you know, kind of what our ministry is about in terms of the whole purity issue. How do you help parents who are navigating the ever murkier waters in our society when it comes to sexuality? Right, right. So, um, we had talked about, I mentioned before, I have seven kids. And so, you know, most people will look at me and be like, oh, you're so brave. And then, <laughs> and I say, yeah, you know, that was kind of always a identifying thing that I identified with. But then as my kids became teenagers, I realized, you know, where other parents would be like, oh yeah, my kid would never do that. Yeah. They have a smartphone, but my kids would never do that. I th- I would always think to myself, Oh my gosh, my kids would totally do that. Yeah. They come from a lot of brokenness, um, a lot of bondage, um, you know, poverty mindset, sexual brokenness, all of that come from, you know, their parents, their foster homes, from all this kind of stuff that they were in before they came to me. And just to give parents out there a little bit of a reality check, uh, I think this statistic is maybe three or four years old now, but the reality is that 70% of teenagers do not tell their parents what they're doing on their... Yes on the internet. Right. So just, you know, now, now we'll give you a minute to get back in your chair or, you know, wake up after passing out. But the reality is, is we don't, our little angels aren't always telling us what they're doing. Yeah. I think it's funny because there's a corollary statistic that says that only 20% of parents check their kids' phones to Mm. see what they're actually doing. Yeah. Um, So I think that, you know, there's almost an equal, you know, that totals up to 100%. So the parents who are checking their phones, they know what their kids are doing. The kids aren't hiding it. But the parents who are not checking, by by far, the kids are doing all kinds of stuff. So um, I wanted to protect my kids' character. I was doing, you know, the hard work of, of raising these kids who came from foster care and broken homes. And I didn't want that to be taken away with the internet, pornography, smartphones, sexting, like all of the stuff that can happen. I was trying to hit the reset button on mm-hmm. the the godly character that my children possessed. And so as smartphones just became, you know, ubiquitous, I had a little bit of a of a panic in a way rise up. I thought, Lord, how can I do this? You know, I don't feel comfortable with this technology in their back pockets. Um, so I really resisted, you know, smartphones and my husband and I just decided, well, we're just going to monitor them. We're going to be um, very diligent about the restrictions we put on them and we're going to talk about it mm-hmm. with them because they just need to know what's out there and what they could possibly get their hands into and know that this is just an open table 
this is how it's going to be. We're right. going to protect for them because a lot of times the kids don't have the wisdom themselves to protect them, um, protect their sexual purity for them. And I think a lot of times what what I really want the parents to hear about what you just said is the uh, the importance of talking to them about these things and getting it to be a two-way dialogue because so many times what ends up happening is parents are telling their children, but they're not talking to their Mm -hmm. children. And if you talk to your kids, what that means is there's a dialogue going on. And what that happens is if you have, if you kind of are willing to be a parent that's going to put all the cards on the table, what ends up happening is you take away the confusion Mm -hmm. and you take away the shame that can be associated with these things because it's in that secrecy, it's in that not knowing, it's in the ignorance that so many kids find themselves not even intentionally wandering into very unsafe areas and then getting hooked right. on something that they didn't never intended to Absolutely. get hooked on. Mm-hmm. But it's that idea of, I'm not saying that we can, as parents, eliminate curiosity in our kids, nor should we try to eliminate curiosity. Some of the best questions right. that I've ever gotten from my kids are because they're curious, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. But as parents, we need to be willing to talk to them, right? right? And not go... <gasps> Did you just ask me about your penis? I mean, what? Oh my goodness! What are you? You know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we freak out about those kinds of things instead of, oh well, let me tell you what that is. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So I had always been real open um, about sex itself with them, explaining, you know, what the Bible has to say about it mm-hmm. and whatnot. But when it comes to technology, which is a lot of what Brave Parenting focuses on, is is how to raise kids of character amidst the limitless and instant gratification that smartphones essentially offer in the internet. I realized that I'm gonna have to tell the kids in advance, this is what the phone is going to enable you to do. And this is why this restriction is on here. Mm-hmm. And this restriction is on here because you're going to hate it and your friends aren't going to have it. But this is why I'm doing it because I know that one look at pornography, you can't unsee it, mm-hmm. you know, and it can hook you and it can change you and it will change your view of things. I know that one nude picture that you take of yourself and send out can shame you for your entire oh, yeah. high school life, um, destroy your self-worth. And the other thing that I want to let parents know, and certainly encourage them you to pass it on to your kids, is that it is a complete myth that anything that you do <laughs> online is private. That's right. Whether through your phone, a tablet, computer, whatever. It's a complete myth. Snapchat, any of those kinds of things that say mm-hmm. it's going to delete something, Nothing is deleted right. on the internet. There is a digital trail to every single thing that you do. So I just want parents to know right. that because a lot of parents don't even know that. They think, well, if if my kids cleaned out their history or if they've used Snapchat, mm-hmm. it's like there's a way to access all of that kind of stuff. I find it ironic that kids will communicate instead of text messages. They'll do it all through social media. Um, because they want to keep it private. But what's interesting is there's nothing private about having a you know, communication with your friends over an internet-based app there's right, right. That, that they're selling all of your information to advertisers. So it, um, well, I have to explain that to kids and parents. Like, There's nothing private about that at all. The most private thing you can do is phone calls or, or even text messages. But 
their privacy for kids is just what they mean is they mean privacy from their parents. Right. And so, and that's kind of an unhealthy thing because oh, yeah. it's like, let me give the world all of my information and data, but I'm going to keep it from the two most important people yeah. in my life. And that's just it. It's a little bit, um, I, I don't want to sound hyperbolic here or anything, but it's sort of like there's almost an evil aspect to that in terms of like playing on this sometimes natural desire for kids to begin to assert their independence mm-hmm. from their parents and tech and these companies are coming in and saying, Hey, let's just That's right. put fuel on that fire mm-hmm. to try to create more division. And I'm thinking, you know, we talked in a previous broadcast about in James where it talks about pure religion, not only being about taking care of orphans and widows, but also remaining unpolluted yes. by the world. And I'm thinking, how polluting is that, mm-hmm. that the world is saying, hey, what we want to do is we want to separate kids from their parents. Exactly. That is, that's just wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll just say it, that's wrong. And yet they're actually gearing a and lot of working. their technology towards unfortunately, that. Exactly. Yeah, unfortunately, it's really working for them. I mean, kids love it. And so then how do you help parents to be able to deal with that, not in a way that is purely restrictive, mm-hmm. Because you know, a lot of times what that does creates another point of division. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you help? What do you say to parents to help them know how to keep the hearts of their kids, even while dealing with all the necessary boundaries right. that are important? Right. So, I through this process developed seven core characteristics I really wanted my children to possess. Okay. And I figured out a way that I could incorporate all of them into their technology and media rules so that way I can focus on them. And so mm-hmm. for me, when I say no you know, to my 11-year-old who's in sixth grade, you cannot have a smartphone yet. I really want to make sure that you have patience. I think you see everybody else that has one, but right now you don't have a need for one, right? So we're going to work on your patience. Or my you know, maybe 10-year-old son who wants a new app on his iPad, um, every single day. No, you get one app a week, right? Because I'm developing patience. The world is really impatient. Everywhere you look, people want something and they want it now. But I want you to be patient so that when you have children and when you're married and you know, you're know mm-hmm. you in college or whenever, right, in your life, I want you to have patience. So that's what I do is I talk about it. I talk about if I give that to you, it's one more instant thing that you always get. So let's do this. I see this page that you have in front of you and I'm going to show our our people who are watching on the on the camera here, you've got these seven things listed. Right. What I would love for you to do is actually just let's just you can state all of them. Yeah, and then I'd love for us to just unpack each yeah. of these in the time we have remaining. Yeah, so this is um, basically the foundation of my new book that's coming out this fall: um, managing media, creating character. So the number one um, characteristic that you can build through technology is patience. The next one is respect, kindness, honesty. Self-control, and then bundled together is modesty and humility, and then the final one is self-worth. Mm-hmm. So these are all what I feel is is biblical. Several of them are fruits of the spirit that yeah, we really exactly. want um, to see um, bloom and blossom in our children's lives. And I, one thing I would say on that is, you know, it's as you were reading those, I was thinking, yeah, these are a lot of these are just you know in Galatians, you know, the the fruit yes. of the spirit. And then it made me think. You know what? We don't have to get overly creative. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the the Bible makes some things explicitly plain for us, and that's okay. I right. think um, if you think about it, some of the things that I'm seeing in 
the the millennials and even the the next generation coming up is I actually am seeing some positive signs. You can tell me if I'm wrong in my assessment here, but I'm seeing some positive signs of some wanting to actually pursue the simple. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I that gives me a little sense of hope because I'm like, oh my goodness, my generation, we just went full bore into complex. Mm-hmm. Let's just add, 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 add. And now we've got all this incredible technology that is stressing us to the max. Right. So anyway, let's, but these characteristics, obviously, I think when you put them all together, you have a, a whole person, mm-hmm. somebody yes. who's not consumed by the, all of the digital right. mess. Yeah. And in, I'm not saying you can't use technology. Oh yeah. But the great thing is, is you can actually teach good digital citizenship and these characteristics at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think um, is, is the beautiful thing that most parents don't realize that they can do. It's either no rules or all rules, mm-hmm. you know? So they're really, like we said, it needs to be a lot of communication. Now, are these in any particular order or are they kind of uh, like, is there, are they, do they domino in any kind of way? They or? do. So okay. they do kind of build on one another. Of course, patience is number one because... Foremost, you know, the American Academy of Pediatrics suggests that you know, zero to 18 months, they should have zero screen technology. Is that really happening? No. Is it that, our, that these babies and that these infants don't have patients? No, it is the parents that don't have patients because we want them to be pacified with a tablet or a screen while we go do something else. So it doesn't only build the character in our kids, it reminds mm-hmm. us that these are all character traits that every parent needs as well. So it starts with the patients because that's where it all well, starts. Well, you're talking about zero to 18 months. It makes me think of a friend of mine who was talking about when, I think it was his son or daughter, when uh, was one year old and they went to the doctor's office and there was a magazine that was open on the on the table there. And the one-year-old went over to the magazine, there's, so there's a picture there, and just put its finger and tried to swipe up. <laughs> on a magazine because right. it's been so used to screens wow, yep. of being able to swipe, even at one year old. You know, it, yeah, they know. Yeah, I mean, there's a statistic that says that, I don't remember the percentage, but I think it's like 64% are, are knowing how to use an iPad proficiently before they're speaking in sentences. And wow. that's only increasing, I'm sure. I don't know when that statistic was, was um, stated, but... It's true, right? They Yeah, and I think it is important to state that, you know, it's it's not that technology is the enemy. You know, it, every I think of it from a biblical perspective, God looked at all of his creation mm-hmm. and he said this is good, very good. So there's not anything in creation that in and of itself in its design right is somehow bad. What sin does is it takes all that good design and it distorts it and uses it in ways that can be unhealthy right. and and unfruitful. So yes, let's continue on in your list. You have respect there. Then. So yeah, respect. So after patients, respect. So that's kind of like that's what starts like when they have a device. Set clear boundaries. Kids need boundaries to operate in, and when it's kind of a free for all, like you could be on the iPad or the video games ten hours a day, right? That's kind of unhealthy. So the respect is have rules, state them, maybe write them out, post them. Just make sure they're clear because kids operate well inside those boundaries. And we know that any technology thing can be used in a gluttonous mm-hmm. way. And so th- that needs to happen. 
um, as well as like when they have a phone. So maybe they're um, a teenager, they're 13, 14, however old it is that you, some people get them at 10, um, a phone. Respect is teaching respectful habits with the phone, right? That means like you don't talk on the phone when someone else, or you're not texting while someone else is talking to you. You don't cross the street while texting, not paying attention. You don't, you know, you're checking out at the grocery store or the fast food restaurant, you know, right? There's nothing that drives me more crazy when you're at a restaurant and the cashier is like texting while they're taking your order. Like put it down, right? Respect for your job, the customer, right? All of those things. They just need to be reminded Mm -hmm. that while this technology is everywhere and it's prevalent, we still need to be really respectful as to the relationships that we're in and when that phone is used. And don't you think what that teaches also is that um, the the principle of, you know, we're not to be controlled That's right. by anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're actually made to be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, even when he says we're to be under his control, he says his commands aren't burdensome. So the idea is whenever something begins to control us, we're not only stepping outside of the way God designed us, we are becoming enslaved yes. to whatever that mm-hmm. thing is, even Absolutely. if it's a good thing. So we're saying, hey, technology is good, right? Mm-hmm. So we might not be um, saying anything terrible on those texts right. or looking at pornography, doing those kind of things, but the thing itself right. is beginning to actually master our lives. Yeah. So I tell parents, if you want your kids to respect, like I start talking to my kid, I want them to set their phone down and look at me. But you know what? It's amazing. Is do parents always do the same? No. Right. No, we don't. Right. And so it's, it's with us too. Sure. It's a two way street. It has to be demonstrated in order for the child to be able to see, yeah, that is the appropriate way. That's the respectful way to, to be in a relationship with someone because we can't, relationships aren't going to go away. And as we're seeing, a lot of people feel completely empty in their relationships because there's yeah. no respect because of that digital communication is taking over. I'm smiling here because my wife throughout our 21 years of marriage has, has reminded me on many occasions, <laughs> you listen to me with your eyes, you know? So... <laughs> That's yes. important, especially for men, I think. It's important to remember, okay, you got to make eye contact if you're going to actually right. be listening. But that's true because screens do dominate our lives yes. now. And so, uh, and by the way, um, as a little sidebar here, there have been studies recently that have come out that the idea of multitasking is a myth. It's a myth, yeah. So the reality is it's to the, think mm-hmm. that you can be looking at a phone and listening to somebody else. And by the way, it's a myth for men and women. Mm-hmm. The women, and I've just offended all of our female <laughs> listeners, but you, you are the way our brains, right. even as men and women are wired, we, we are linear mm-hmm. in terms of how we engage things. Yeah, so we're just bouncing between tasks. It's not really might, doing two tasks at the yeah, same time. We're just, some are faster at doing that than others. Exactly. But, but right. anyway, we want, if we want to have a, a respectful society, right. we need to learn how to you learn that engage home. each other well. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, the next one is kindness. Um, clearly, you know, the, the kindness of God, right? It's so mandated that we should be kind to one another. I think that we're forgetting this such this simple characteristic with our kids. And now we see this explosion of cyberbullying and shaming and hate that is going on over text because it's words of type, as I say, are much easier than words that come out mm-hmm. of your mouth, right? So we need to watch what our kids are saying over their text messages and and make sure that when they're learning to text and they're starting these digital communication relationships, 
that we're beside them saying, okay, I see what you wrote here, but that can be really taken harshly. Do you yeah. see how they responded this way? You got to, unfortunately, they just don't know digital right. written text message communication. It's always going to come across colder. Yeah. I've, I've decided that I want to create a new acronym for most of social media and it would be poo. <laughs> it's a platform of offense. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be offended or you want to offend, right. social media is becoming the place to do that. And it's, and it's there, you, I think when we lose that sense of kindness, mm-hmm. um, I think we're forgetting that we are all in the same boat as human beings. Right. And the reality is, is if I, if I seek to basically offend you, I'm forgetting that you're a human being mm-hmm. just like I am. And that whole golden rule thing, right? Right. Would I want you to, to you know, yeah. be offending me? And so some of this just goes back to, I hate to put it this way because we're losing this, but kind of common sense, common courtesy, <laughs> and it's not so common anymore, right? Right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, this is a hard one because some parents will say, well, that's an invasion of my children's privacy if I read their text messages. And what I say is children don't necessarily deserve privacy, but they deserve confidentiality. Mm-hmm. You don't read, every, you know, you read what they say. You make sure that they're kind. You teach them how to be kind. Tell them how to use a full sentence to express themselves. You know, tell them it's okay to say yeah. sorry. I don't know if I'm saying this right over text. Maybe we should talk to one another, right? Give them those tools. Um, otherwise, they can say whatever and no one's checking them. And I think this yeah. has really given a rise to the, the major bullying um, that's going on in, in schools. It's And I'm not saying that, that uh, parents out there need to do what I'm about to say, but I just want to give you an example in terms of what we do in our home. In our home, um, all devices are accessible by anyone. Yeah. So like we have thumbprints, you know, so on all of our phones, so I can get onto any of my kids' phones, but guess what? My kids can get on my phone. That's right. So, and I know some parents are out there going, what? Are you kidding? Well, here's the thing. I don't have anything to hide from my mm-hmm. kids. And you know what? I don't want them to have anything to hide Amen. from me either. Yeah. So That's there's good. the idea of accessibility. And I'm not putting that out there as like, you must do this. It's the way to do it. I'm just offering that it's as an way. example mm-hmm. of... Are we really allowing true openness in our homes that say there's not some delineation of morality between an adult and a child? Right. There is a delineation of maturity. Mm -hmm. And those are two very different things. I'm not going to ask a five-year-old in my home to engage in some of the mature things in conversation or in conduct that I might be engaging my wife in. Mm -hmm. But I am going to say everybody in this home is under the same moral code. Right. And so that's the kind of openness that we want to have. And I think that leads to respect and kindness. And- mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And um, the next one is honesty. This is can be kind of hard to to do. But ultimately, I say to my kids, don't delete anything. And it's kind of an honor code, depending on what kind of phone you have and how well you know how to restrict it and find stuff. There are apps that we use. Not always, but you know, maybe periodically to check to see what they are deleting. But if it's worth saying to anyone at mm. any time, it's worth us reading. And it's kind of just what you said is, you know, I'm going to be just as honest about what's on my phone as I want you to be on your phone. It's the dirty word in our culture, and that's accountability. Right. 
We don't like, we like accountability when it makes us look good. Mm-hmm. We don't like accountability when it exposes our weaknesses exactly. and exactly. our faults and our failures. And yet the reality is if we're going to, if we're going to grow as human beings, and especially if we're going to try to raise our children in a way that they are whole and accountability is a huge part of that. Right. And so honesty is being accountable, right? Yeah. And it's so much more than just not deleting stuff, right? It's all about, it's about lies in general, like not, and not just telling lies, but living truth, right? It's, it's what is the truth of your life and also God's truth. Mm -hmm. So um, we kind of hold a standard of, you know, don't delete anything. And you also don't tell lies because it's really easy to fabricate your lives. I see that a lot in my teenagers conversations, you know, they'll be like, especially on media or something. Oh yeah. And it's just, it, you know, they'll be like, oh yeah, I, I totally went to the mall today. And I'm thinking, I read it and I think, we didn't go to the mall today, you know, something like that. But um, it's just easy to do that, but it just creates a habit. And that's the hard thing about social media is that it almost seems like it's a competitive ground for who has the better life. Right. Right. And um, I don't know. I just think, I find that exhausting. It is. And someone needs to see an honest life. It yeah. Might as well be yours. Yeah. Because, you know, you could really benefit um, someone. So, so honesty is just really big. And we've been able to find some text threads that my daughter has said, I knew you'd find it. I was scared to come to you. Like boys had, mm-hmm. had texted some really crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And she knew we'd find it. So she just waited and waited for us to bring it up. Because she still had a little fear of like, what do I do? What do I say? And so that's been really good. It's because they know we're going to find it. They leave it there. And that's important, I think, for parents to hear, too, is that then when you find these things, that you respond in a way that is patient, respectful, Mm -hmm. kind. So you're engaging all of these same characteristics as a parent, right? Right. So there's not some double standard between the parents and And I don't want to sound like I've got these down. This is a work in process for me. Every time I see something that um, comes up, I find something on their phone that, that shouldn't be there or whatever, I have to really focus myself, okay. I can't respond in anger. I can't, you know, because yeah. you want to, that balance of, of media harmony that you kind of have in your life when it gets thrown off and you found something crazy they've done, it makes you want to forget all these and like mm-hmm. throw all the phones away, but you can't. That's just yeah. not how it works. Well, let's go to the next ones there. we got a few minutes left. All right. So self-control, <laughs> that one, it's so big. Self-control is just really what we lack a lot of. So that one is limiting how many text messages they can have, limiting how many apps they can have, limiting their games, limiting, you know, social media, limits, limits, because right now we're in a limitless society and those phones can consume all of your day. And so we need to practice some self-control. I love this because I'll put a limit on how many text messages they get per month. So they'll say, oh, I can totally get by by sending 100 texts a day. So I gave them 3000. But what happens is like half the month is through and they say, well, I used up all my text messages. And I say, well, next time, exert a little exactly, self-control. Yeah. So now you'll see them say, um, I'm not wasting a text on that person. You know, and so they won't respond <laughs> to everything. There's a higher value. When you yes. have restrictions, there's a higher value to what's within those boundaries. Absolutely. You know, right. they really focus on what they're going to say and make sure that it counts. Um, the next one, which is huge for our topic, is modesty and humility. I don't want to run out of time before we get to that. Uh, modesty is... Not being allowing your children, especially young children, really under 16, to be able to send and receive pictures. Mm-hmm. You can turn it off. Um, you can turn off the camera. You can do this. But because the pressure among their peers to take nude photos, send nude photos, send vulgar stuff, mm-hmm. screenshot porn, to do all of that and show it, broadcast that, 
is so real. And so you have to kind of think, does my child have enough self-control to not do that? And ultimately, they may, they may not. It just depends, you know, how much self-control they already exerted all day long. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of a limited resource. So to really protect their purity and to stop that from even happening and their worth, because one picture sent out and then spread can destroy them. And the humility aspect of that is, and this rocks people's worlds, no selfies. There is just no way to build a humble character when we allow our teenagers to take selfies, 50 selfies, edit them to perfection, post them on social media mm-hmm. to be rated. And if they're not rated high enough to pull them off and try again, and the pictures get more sexy, more seductive to try and, you know, get them yeah. good ratings. Well, and then the last one you have there is self-worth. Self-worth. Right? And that's to hold off on social media, at least till they're 16. And that's a radical concept right now. Most people are not holding off on social media, but... When it comes to kids, there's just not a lot of really good values that is teaching them. Oh, yeah. There's, As an adult, you can find good in it, even though we know that there's a lot of bad. But for teenagers, they're pretty much using it for, um, for to build themselves up, to be worshipped, to be famous, you mm-hmm. know, to, to be daring, to be all of these sinful things. Um, and so idea yeah. really is to just hold off. They can wait. There's nothing they're going to gain on being on social media between the ages of 10 and 16. Yeah. Well, Kelly, tell us, uh, tell our listeners where they can get more information about your ministry and, and these yes, resources. Yes, absolutely. So the website is braveparenting.net. There you can sign up um, to be the first to know as soon as the book comes out, which will be this fall. Um, you can also find us on Facebook at Brave Parenting Network. Awesome. Well, thanks for being with us because I think this has been really helpful for the parents out there. And uh, folks, if you have any questions for us or just want more help along your journey, please uh, reach out to us. You can get our information at puresexradio.com and we look forward to having you back here next week on the program. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.